I was throwing up in the toilet and I was literally laid on the bathroom floor. You have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, Hello, welcome back to the podcast. It is season four, episode two, and today's podcast episode is super exciting because I actually have a bit of a collaboration with all of you guys. Um, so if you're not following me on Instagram, please do because I will be posting um, lots of updates over the next few weeks on how you can get involved with the podcast. So a few days ago on my Instagram stories, I asked you all a question. And that question was, have you ever had a negative experience with a personal trainer in the gym? And the percentages that came back were wild, to be honest. So 67% of you said, yes, I have had a negative experience with a PT. And 33% of you said no. Um, I asked a couple more questions, which I'm going to give you the results now. Um, because I really wanted to kind of, I wanted to do this episode on um, negative experiences in the gym and um, how it can kind of mold your um, view on the gym as a whole. Because one bad experience can can kind of affect how you view something and especially if it's a quite a traumatic experience. So the other questions I asked you over my over on my Instagram stories at Imogen Rose IG. If you don't follow me, please do, because then you can get involved in these questions. Um, so I also asked, has it affected your confidence with trusting PTs? And 56% of you said yes, it has affected my confidence with a trust in PTs which breaks my heart because there are so many I know so many amazing fitness coaches online and face-to-face PTs that are out there um, and there are some incredible female um, female fitness coaches as well out there that are really trying to kind of change the narrative about um about the stereotype of a PT um, and successfully doing so as well. So it's a little bit heartbreaking that 56% of um, the people answered in the poll did say it negatively affected their trust in PTs. Um, The next question I asked was, has it affected your confidence going to the gym? And 62% of you said yes, 38% of you said no. Now again, that is a pretty big number that it's, 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 these experiences have impacted the way people view gyms. So today's episode, the whole point of it is to share your stories um, on the gym and I've got quite a few stories that I'm going to share and they're all going to be anonymous Um, people have um, messaged me privately um, to tell me their stories about PTs in the gym and hopefully by the end of this Um, we can hear other people's stories but we can also learn um, that there are so many fitness coaches and PTs out there that do have your best interests at heart Um, and you just have to find the right one that is suited to you and um, I think now more than ever there are so many more female um, female female-led fitness coaches and PTs which is exactly what we want to do to the fitness industry you walk into the gym now 
it is very male-led. I walk into my gym and I would say 90% of the PTs in there are men. Um, So that we still definitely have a, 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 a long way to go to get a more balanced um, balance in the gym in terms of genders um, and equality for sure and that would that would really help um, women especially feel a lot more confident in the gym being able to train um, with someone who is um, perhaps the same gender as them. Okay so moving on to your stories. So I'm going to start off with um, a bit of a, a, a more light-hearted one because there are a couple that are um, a bit crazy and I can't believe, I can't believe some of you have experienced these experiences to be honest because they are shocking. Um, but first of all, I am going to, I'm going to kind of talk about two experiences I have with the gym, negative experiences um, in the whole sort of 15 years I can't believe I'm saying that I've been going to the gym for 15 years wow (laughs) wow okay Imogen why don't you look like a brick house then I don't know I don't know (laughs) um so yeah so in my whole 15 years of going to the gym I I that I can think of I've got two negative experiences so when you actually put it into perspective that's actually not that many um there might be some that I've forgotten about um but I I can honestly say that there's there's definitely not going to be more than a handful of bad experiences in the gym um, that I've experienced, and and let me tell you, I have been to so many gyms. I've been to gyms in London, Manchester, Nottinghamshire, um, down south in Cornwall, um, Leeds, Wakefield. I, you you name you name a city, and I've probably been to a gym there. Um, so I have experienced a lot of gyms, but this specific experience I'm going to tell you about first is. Um, an experience about um, one of my first PTs I've ever had, I ever had. And do you know what shocks me even more about this is when I actually approached this PT, his kind of selling point was that he he used to work in a female-only gym. And so to me, that kind of really got me on his side because I thought, wow, you've trained, you've trained women before. Um, that may, That makes me feel at ease. It makes me feel comfortable that I'm in the right hands. Now, I was um, about 19, 20 at the time, so although I'd been going to the gym on and off for a few years, I still didn't really have a clue what I was doing. Um, I'd, I'd done bits and bobs with the weight section, but I wasn't like, I wasn't squatting with a barbell. I wasn't, I wasn't doing thin too complex. Um, I was using mainly like machines and cardio, uh, weight machines and cardio machines for kind of ease. And that was, that was as broad as my knowledge got at that stage of my life. So I really felt like I could benefit from having a PT to really show me exactly how to do things, or at least that's what I thought I was going to get. So um, I signed up with him for a block, I think of like six or eight sessions. And on my kind of second, I think it was, it might have been my first, but I feel like it, it could have been my second. It was my first or second session. So I hadn't, hadn't been training with this guy that long. Um, and he 
in this session, he kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. And he could visually see that I was, I was at my point. And, and it's really funny because now I'm actually a qualified personal trainer. I know what we get taught in our qualifications. And I know um, that we are taught how to visually see where someone is at on their kind of exertion scale. But this guy just wanted me, he, he, he probably wanted me dead the way he was going. <laughs> and um, it got to a point where I said to him, look, I need to go to the toilet. I don't feel, I don't feel very well. I like this is, I, I, my body is being pushed beyond its limits. So I went to the toilet I was, this is no word of a lie, I was throwing up in the toilet and I was literally laid on the bathroom floor in excruciating pain and I'd, I'd obviously been worked so hard beyond my limits and this is the thing with personal trainers, like yes, yes, personal trainers want to get good results and some of them do it for the wrong reason. Some of them want good results simply to get a good transformation for their Instagram. When actually personal trainers should be working you, they should be challenging you. Of course they should be challenging you, but no personal trainer should be working you to the point of you throwing up on the floor because you're you're you have been pushed beyond your limits. And that that goes without saying at any point in your journey, let alone somebody who's gone from training very like, very kind of like easy breezy, kind of like beginner level because I didn't really have a clue what I was doing at that point, going from that to full on, so full on that you make someone almost faint and be sick is just not good for the body. And for, and, and for, for another reason, you're going to put, as a personal trainer, that's going to put your client off because especially in the beginning stages, if, if a client thinks that is the level they have to work every session, I don't want it. I don't want it, mate, because that's not enjoyable. I don't want to push my body to the point where it's throwing up and sick. That is not, that's not, that's not my idea of fun. And now, now, thank God, I realize you don't actually have to push your body to that limit to get results. That is, that's an extreme, a very extreme. Anyway, so I ended up going home and I lived with my, my dad and my stepmom at that time and um told them about it and my dad was like you can't you can't keep training with this guy he's a lunatic like why why would he make you get to that point where you are feeling so ill that's not normal and then about 2 days later um i ended up in a&e <laughs> because i'd pulled something but at the time i was in excruciating pain and i don't know i don't know they didn't actually um figure out exactly what was wrong but they said it could have been something muscular um that I'd pulled something my body was obviously pushed to a limit um a complete well beyond my limit um and 
also now I know that he wasn't he 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 wasn't correcting my form when you go to a PT quite often you don't you don't know what your form and technique is supposed to look like um you don't know if you're performing um any of the exercises right that's the main reason why you go to a PT because you want to learn how to perform the exercises safely and correctly so you can um make progress but also not injure yourself and that is definitely what he wasn't doing because because um, when I was kind of doing, he, he, he made me do barbell squats in one of my first session um, and he wasn't correcting my form, he wasn't telling me what to do and I was, I came out of the session feeling like, I thought that's what, I, I was almost certain that's why I was paying this guy uh, to tell me how to correctly perform these exercises. So I was shocked that he wasn't doing so. He was kind of just stood there scrolling on his phone, not really interested, speaking to other gym members, speaking to other PTs, um, just kind of saying, yeah, 10, 10 reps, go go ahead. Not really teaching me how, how to do the exercises. So that's not really surprising why I ended up having um, an injury uh, two days after, <laughs> one or two days after the session, because I obviously wasn't performing the exercises correctly. Um, so that's my first kind of gym, negative gym uh, experience. And obviously that was my kind of first experience with a PT as well. So from the get-go, I I just thought that that was, that was the, that was the standard that for for all PTs that okay they don't they don't actually correct your form um and they push you to a limit that you don't want to go to <laughs> so in my head I didn't really want to continue with him I he ended up taking all of the money for the rest of the block because I had to pay up front and I didn't continue with him because I just didn't feel comfortable um doing so I didn't I didn't feel like we were a good match um and he clearly wasn't really interested in teaching me he was just interested in taking my money and kind of going through the sessions like like he had to because he he had to be seen to be doing it but he wasn't actually doing a great job um so that was kind of my first experience another experience in the gym um I'm gonna chat to you about wasn't actually about a PT but this this I feel like is a little bit um it is it is does relate to the podcast because of what I'm going to tell you about some other people's stories um later on down the line that I think it's important to address um so when I was um I think I was single at this point I think I'd split up with my boyfriend and um I think it was it's was basically the only time in my life where I've actually been on dating apps and I think at this time you've got to remember right people that are gonna respond to this they're gonna be like what the hell why were you even on that dating app but this was about I want to say 10 years ago that actually makes me feel so old 10 or 11 years ago I was on plenty of fish and um I was in conversation with a couple of guys just like brief you know how are you nothing major and while I was in the gym I got a message from um this guy who I'd matched with I don't even know if you matched I can't remember what I, it was so long ago I can't even remember how plenty of fish used to work but basically it was almost like like tinder I think you matched I think that's how it worked um and um I ended up giving him my number on whatsapp I think 
because he seems like he seemed like an all right guy. How wrong was I? Because he messaged me while I was in the gym, saying, um, like com- complimented me on my arse or something, saying, "Oh, nice arse" or something, and I was like, "What? Why is this? Why is this guy randomly messaging me that?" And then he he proceeded to describe what I was wearing, and I was like, "Oh God, this is creepy." Why, why are you describing what I, you, you're clearly here, like, you clearly can see me, and then he, he, I, I didn't really know what he looked like at this point, because I'd seen, like, one or two photos, but you know when someone posts a couple of photos, and it's not, like, very clear what they look like, and this was a pure gym, this was very busy, I didn't, I was looking around thinking, where is this guy, this is weird, this is creepy vibes, don't like it, I want to get out of this place, and he just kept on going, and just um, making me feel super uncomfortable, so I ended up just leaving, and I actually, I don't think I went back there on my own, I ended up going back there with friends, or made sure that I was never alone, because it just, it was just not a vibe, if you, if that is you in that situation, I mean, I don't think a lot of guys listen to this podcast, but if you do, gentleman thing um, to do would be to go up to the person and say, oh, hey, I recognize you off this. That is way less creepy than describing what you're looking like, not even fully knowing that this person is right in the same room as you. Oh, so that, that just really put me off. Um, that put me off that gym environment, that was a pure gym by the way, because I've got quite a few negative experiences about pure gym especially, um, I'm going to go into detail about in this podcast, um, but yeah, I hope, I, I really hope if you're listening, I hope you've not had a, a negative experience like the ones that I'm going to discuss, because some of these are just unbelievable like the actual audacity of these men is absolutely dire and I know there's there's so many guys out there that are nice guys I've got a lot of nice nice guys in my family and um friends and obviously boyfriend I know that they would never do anything like this but there's always some guys that spoil it for the rest of them um so this is no, this is by no means like a man-hater podcast, it's definitely not, but in this episode we're going to discuss some, we're going to discuss some issues that need to be discussed and addressed because I think by sharing our stories we do, f- it makes, it make, one, it makes us feel less alone and you can really relate to someone else's um, experiences if you've, if you've, especially if you've experienced something um, similar and it can help us understand what we should be doing in those situations and they can be a lot of people can learn from these sort of stories as well and realize that they can speak up and if you do f- ever feel uncomfortable especially in a gym environment please 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 find another member of staff um hopefully there is a female in there who can probably relate to you a little bit more and get on your level and um, really help you out if you are in um, need of somebody to speak to if you are in an uncomfortable situation. Okay, so moving on to your stories now. Now I'm going to change change the names in these stories so they're all anonymous because obviously 
we don't want to be making anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, so I'm going to change the names in these stories. So any names I do mention, they are fake names. The girl I'm going to speak about first who messaged me, um, thank you so much. I'm going to call her Tilly. Um, I don't know why, I just... That, that name just came rolling off the tongue. So we're going to go with Tilly. Um, so Tilly messaged me and um, said, hey, yeah, so this was right at the beginning of my fitness journey. I just lost a lot of weight and wanted to get into weight training, but was having panic attacks in the weight room in the gym. A PT approached me and said he would help me and offered a free consultation During that consultation, he flirted with me a lot, touched me inappropriately and supposedly taught me to squat when I didn't want to and touched me throughout. After the the session, he asked me to go to the pub and I felt like I owed him something since he did a free session with me. So I went and then he tried to kiss me whilst I had a boyfriend. All round weird and horrible experience. Which this, honestly, this kind of situation really does break my heart because you can, you can see the, the level of manipulation there because this girl was in a very, very vulnerable situation, um, experiencing panic attacks, clearly in distress and somebody who was an absolute pig takes advantage of his power in in a, in in his position as a personal trainer takes advantage of that and um takes advantage of this young girl in a very vulnerable situation for his own gratification and it actually is just sickening that somebody could do that to another human being it's it's awful and, and the thing is, these kind of experiences can really shape your opinion on um, where you go and where you feel safe and comfortable in. Now, thankfully, this, um, this lady has um, actually gone on to become her, a PT herself and she's thriving. So I think what we can learn from this is just because you go through something absolutely awful doesn't mean that um, it can totally break down your relationship with the gym and fitness in the future. Um, but it, it it's still ha- absolutely heartbreaking that she had to even go through that traumatic situation. It's awful. Um, I did actually ask her a question. I asked her, do you feel like that had an influence at all on you wanting to be a, become a PT so there was more of more female PTs in the gym? And um, she said, I don't think that necessarily uh, pushed me to become a PT as such, but I did definitely feel like the industry was too male-led and wanted more female PTs at my gym. Even now, there is more than double the amount of male PTs than there are female um, which we did discuss in the beginning of in beginning of this episode that there still is a massive imbalance when it comes to male and female PTs, um, which definitely does need to change. Um, and 
there is a question that do we think do we think that this would happen less if there was more of a balance in in gyms do we think that by having an equal amount of male and PT, male and female pts that these kinds of uncomfortable situations wouldn't be able to arise because there'd be more female eyes watching and looking out for um female clients and um, that's quite a difficult one anyway because male, male PTs should be um, keeping tabs on their colleagues and, you know, keeping them in check. And when they see something that, that doesn't look right, they should get involved and they should pe- speak up for clients that are experiencing things like this. Because in a gym as well, in a gym setting, there's always people around. Unless you're training at like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning in a pure gym, there's always, always people in the gym and um there's always people kind of looking around and things like that so it it it's really really frustrating that this is still going on now um in especially in a public setting how is this being how is this managing to happen in a public setting it's it's not right and um we we as personal trainers when we do our qualifications we are taught about the boundaries we talk about the co- taught about the code of conduct that we should have and how professional we should remain um when we are dealing with clients especially face to face um there is a certain professionalism that you need to abide by and when pts are breaking that and um flirting um trying to get get their clients on dates um sleeping with them like this is all sleazy creepy behavior that is absolutely 100% crossing a line and it shouldn't be happening and if you ever feel like you're in an uncomfortable situation like this please 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 go and find another member of staff to tell um even if you feel like you can't be honest in that moment make an excuse and say sorry I need to go to the toilet and get get out of there get out of there any kind of excuse you have to um make um even if it's just kind of texting your friend can you call me can you do this can you get me out this situation um to get yourself out of that situation then and there um is is always going to help you um kind of break free of that that feeling that you that you owe them to stay to stay the whole session you don't owe them anything and um it's really sad as well because she did later on say um that she felt really alien i'm just going to read it out because i don't want to kind of get any of her words wrong um it's horrible, it's horrible, isn't it? But for me, I was so uncomfortable in a gym setting and felt like I didn't belong. So someone looking like they wanted to help was a relief. And that, that's that's what I mean. That person was taking advantage of her vulnerability. I knew in the session I felt uncomfortable, but I didn't have the confidence to speak up and set boundaries when I felt like I was in such an alien environment. I don't think that instance. Oh, and then she goes on to say um, the comment that I that I that I mentioned earlier. Um, so it's it's awful that these these awful PTs go into perhaps go into this industry. Um, 
with the ability or they think they have the ability to abuse their power as a PT. It's just, it needs to change. It needs to stop. These people are in these these kind of positions, these powerful positions. Um, because P- you do, when you're in a gym setting, you do see PTs as an authoritative figure. And if that authoritative figure is taking advantage of um, young, vulnerable women in gyms, it is just it's it, it needs to stop and we need to figure out a way of um of changing this i mean the thing is even in pure gyms there's cctv everywhere there's cctv in most gyms now so you would have thought that that would be a deterrent but we are still hearing stories negative stories like this um even now especially with social media it's it's so easy to access all of these stories and hear about um hear about people's experiences with the gym um but it it just needs to stop it needs to stop okay moving on to story two so this one um is is one that I think I feel like this was a massive issue about five ten years ago and um, pre- prior to that as well, um, especially because the rules have probably changed around contracts and things like that. But some of you might be able to relate to this girl's story. Okay, so we're gonna call this girl Lucy. Um, so Lucy says. Uh, my experience wasn't necessarily an awful one, but unpleasant. There's a small gym in the town I live in, not the one I go to now. And my mum used to go there. So I went with her just to see what it was like. And I hadn't really been to a gym before. It was super busy and I was really anxious. One of the trainers there was going to show me around as like an induction thing. But it turned out to be a full on training session. Okay, so let's just pause the story here. If someone is going to do an induction with you, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be doing, especially in a commercial gym session, they shouldn't be doing a full-blown uh, gym session because one, you're not prepared for it and two, that tells me that they are just making shit on the, sp- making shit up on the spot. They're not, there's no actual uh, foresight into the session. There's no preparation. They don't know the ins and outs of um, you and your kind of previous experiences. They're just making shit up on the spot for you to do. Um... So going back to this story, uh, one, so one of the trainers there was going to show me around like an induction thing, but it turned out to be a full-blown training session. I just felt super pressured. I couldn't do half of the stuff she was telling me to do. And then after one of the other trainers was telling me to sign things, I was just so overwhelmed. So I just did it. Turns out I'd signed an agreement to join and they were harassing me for money for months after my mum had to phone them up and speak to the finance people and explain the situation about my autism. Which I think the only reason is the only reason why I managed to get out of paying. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. Now, I think especially commercial gyms do you know the ones where you have to join for like a 12 month minimum period um there seems to be like quite a 
quite a well-known thing. I don't know whether it is like this now because I recently joined up a gym and the girl who signed us up for a 12-month contract, she was very chill about it. She didn't put too much pressure on us joining um, and there was no like hard sell. But I feel like five, 10 years ago, this was like a very, very common thing. And um, I'm sure I read a story about um, people getting into trouble for signing people up into these big, uh, big contracts for a year. Um, and they're not actually taken on board um, whether the person was over 18, um, whether the person was actually able to um, have the ha- have the kind of um, capacity to be able to make that decision. And it just sometimes, especially when you're in a vulnerable situation as well as a vulnerable person, making decisions big decisions like this quite often you need a little bit of time to think and you don't want to be you don't want to be harassed into selling something and I think the way she was sold to as well that woman obviously thought I'll get her in for um, a really intense session and then she will feel like she she owes me um and that's quite often especially as women we have this big um big thing about um being polite and and actually expressing what we are feeling for the sake of someone else's feelings we don't want to hurt we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings and offend them um especially if someone has kind of gone out of their way to help us and it is hard especially when you're young and you're you're 19 20 and you're speaking to someone who's maybe 5 10 years older than you and um you feel kind of pressured into something that is not you making a sound decision and it's just it's totally unethical when i was 19 to 20 i was in uni halls and loved going to the gym I had a free trial session with a male PT. He approached me, in brackets. It was okay, but he made me feel super uncomfortable, getting unnecessarily close, lingering over me. At the end, he asked me for a drink, and I said no because I had a boyfriend. So obviously, I didn't book any sessions with him, but he was always at the gym, and although he never spoke to me again, I could see and feel him watching me wherever I went. If he was peeing someone, they would sometimes look over at me too, making it obvious he was talking about me. I feel like only women will appreciate how intimidating looks can be. I think I lasted a couple more weeks before cancelling my membership. Which is again super sad. Like, why should we? Why should we, who are experiencing these, experiencing these horrible, uncomfortable situations, be the ones to have to leave? We shouldn't. We deserve to be there just as much as everyone else. We deserve to take up space. We deserve to be able to um, work out in peace without eyes on us staring at us. Um, and this actually reminds me of. Um, this reminds me of a time I was at my previous gym, so not the gym that I'm at now. Um, and I was at, I was, I think I was on like one of the upper body machines, and I was sat there, and this man, this middle aged man, this bold middle aged man, um, looked like a proper meathead, and he was staring. When I say staring, he was looking through my soul, like creepily looking through my soul, and. 
I I think I've got to the point, especially at this point, because this wasn't that long ago. This was maybe like two, three years ago. So I was like 27 at the time, maybe 26. Um, and I have very much got to a point in my life where it fills me with anger. <laughs> it used to fill me with dread and I'd feel uncomfortable and just want to get out of the situation. But now, I, now it, f- it fuels the anger inside of me that all I want to do is make them feel uncomfortable. So in that situation, my immediate response was to stare at this man and make him feel really, really uncomfortable. So I stared and stared and stared and we were just, we looked like absolute idiots, must have looked like idiots in the gym. But when I say stared, I was giving him full on evils. It wasn't, it, it couldn't have been, um seen as anything else other than it looked like I wanted to go over and smack this man in the head. Obviously, I would never do that. I'm not a violent person, um, even though it sounds like I am because of the evils I was giving him. But I, I really wanted him to feel an ounce of uncomfortableness that I was feeling myself when he was staring at me. So I just stared him out, gave him evils, and eventually he broke con- broke eye contact and didn't bother me again. And to be honest, I feel like this approach is is quite a hard approach to have because you need to feel quite ballsy to be in that headspace. And don't get me wrong, I'm not always in that headspace. Sometimes I feel super anxious and I just want to get out of there um, as quick as possible. But sometimes there are times where I feel very angry and I just want to make that person feel just as uncomfortable as they are making me. And nine times out of 10, if you do do that, it actually does work. I've heard, I've heard stories of women um, barking, <laughs> like a dog bark, barking at men, and to be honest, that would, you would just make, make yourself look crazy, but who cares, who actually cares, if it makes that other person feel just as uncomfortable as you felt, then we've done our job, ladies, <laughs> okay, no, it's not, it's not tit for tat, I know it's not tit for tat, but, Sometimes we've got to do what we've got to do to um, get these these vile men off our backs. And sometimes when you actually step up to the mark, and usually a man is very shocked if if you do have that response uh, to them feeling making you feel uncomfortable. Because sometimes sometimes men just think that they can do what they want without any re 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 repercussions without any consequences and we should not stand for it anymore we should not stand for it it's not fair okay so we've got two more stories i think yeah two more stories and this one i'm gonna give a little bit of a trigger warning because this is this one really really infuriates me and as a coach i've i get hundreds of coaching inquiries via my website um and a lot of the a lot of these girls who come to me do express that they've had a negative experience with a coach or a personal trainer putting a, putting them on extremely low calories 
um, and ruined, have been part of the reason why they've ruined their relationship with food. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I'm all about um, sustainably getting results and um, building up your relationship with food because it is super important to have a positive, good relationship with food. And just because you want, you you may want results doesn't mean that you need to uh, sacrifice your relationship with food, certainly not. And um, it doesn't mean you need to be miserable and feel like you're starving. Um, so when these, when some of these girls come to me with stories like the one that I'm going to share, it does really make me upset that that one person can have such a big impact on someone's um, someone's future relationship with food and their body um, because it's just not right. Um, so this girl, I am going to call Meg. So Meg messaged me, um, I've been in a conversation with her about um, potentially coming on board with me as a client and one thing that she was expressing to me, um, there's been a lot of back and forth by the way, so at this point we've had a lot of conversations about um, her kind of goals, her stats, that kind of thing, um, just to give you a bit of a backstory. So Meg said, one of the things I really struggle with is calorie counting. My previous PT, which is where all the problems began, had me on 1,300 calories. Wow. Okay, just to put that into perspective, a lot of toddlers eat 1,200 calories. So that just kind of puts it into perspective. A 20-year-old woman... um, the majority of 20 year old women need far more than 1300 calories um and she goes on to say 1300 calories and 30 grams of carbs a day which with mega amounts of protein which again 30 grams of carbs a day you do not need to be eating 30 grams of carbs a day to get results that is just not it's not needed it's definitely not needed Um, Listen, low-carb diets do have a place with certain health conditions. There has been research with things like keto and health-specific health conditions. But when it comes to weight loss, and this is me as well coming from someone who has tried keto in the past for weight loss, because you know I've been there, I've been there, I I hold my hands up, I've been there and I've done the fad dieting uh, scene. It's, 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 It's not worth it, trust me. Um... But you, you for for weight for weight loss, low carbs. A lot of us lo- one. A lot of us love um, things like pasta and rice and bread and pizza. So why would you want to give that up just to um, gain um, an aesthetic goal? It's it's just not worth it. You don't need to cut down your carbs extortionately to get results in terms of fat loss. Um, so so then she goes on to say he was more on the bodybuilder side of things, but he was my first PT, so I didn't really know what I was looking for, and sadly that's when the bulimia started. He also used to say that I'd only be aesthetically pleasing if I carried on his fat loss program, which of course would ruin anyone. And this, this just makes me super sad. It really does. I mean, don't get me started on bodybuilding coaches, coaching lifestyle, lifestyle clients like they're, they're competing in a show. Don't even get me started on that subject because 
honestly, if you are if you are training, if you're a bodybuilding coach, fine. You're 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 you've got your niche, go for it. But if you are coaching those clients um, who are competing in shows, and you know that's that's how that's how you're you're coaching them, um, do not coach lifestyle people. People, the general population, do not need to be on bodybuilding plans. They are not sustainable. Um, the amount of people that come out of the bodybuilding industry with issues with food is astronomical. Um, now, this is not me. Also, can you just just also appreciate that this is me not me hating on the bodybuilding sport at all? I don't want you to, I don't want you to think that. I actually do follow quite a lot of bodybuilders on Instagram, um, which you might think, okay, well you're a bit of a hypocrite if you follow them. Um, but I do actually, there's there's elements of the sport that I do admire and I do admire people's um, self-discipline with the sport. It takes a certain kind of person um, and um, that kind of person and that way of life does not need to be pushed onto normal general population people especially 19, 20 year old girls who already might have a history of um, body confidence struggles, struggles, struggles with their weight, especially those types of people. They do not need to be put on a bodybuilder plan. Um, Yeah, that's that. I mean, to be honest, that could be another whole podcast episode. I'm not going to go into that, but it does make me really frustrated when these coaches have kind of a bit of a niche with bodybuilder, uh, bodybuilding clients, but then also push that narrative onto normal clients. It just really winds me up. Um, but anyway, going back to this this girl's personal experience, I, d- I just feel like it's, it's really heartbreaking that that's basically where her, a lot of her issues have come with her, um, her eating disorder. Um, it's really sad and obviously my heart goes out to the girl and I really do hope that she gets um, the therapy and um, support and uh, professional support that she needs um, because things like bulimia are very, very complex and do need um, professional support um, for sure. Um, I, I, and I, and I also know people, I know a lot of people who have come out the other side of eating disorders like that in a really, really positive way. And, um, it's just part of their story now. And they have, they've got the support they needed. They've, they've gone through therapy and they've come out the other side and they're absolutely thriving now. And it doesn't necessarily mean that fitness can't be a part of your life. It very much can be a part of your life and should be a part of your life. Um, if you you have suffered with an eating disorder um but it does need to take extra caution and extra care um later on down the line to help manage triggers and things like that and I'm not I'm not um I'm not kind of talking on this topic as though I know loads and heaps on it because I'm not I'm not a therapist I'm not um a dietitian so um if you do have those kind of kinds of issues i would always advise you to go to your gp go to your doctor doctor um seek out professional help because it definitely needs um a certain kind of level of support 
um to get you through those kind of um eating issues but I just my heart does go out to that girl because it is it's such a such an awful situation that she had to go through that and she trusted that PT she trusted that PT with something with essentially you're trusting a PT with your life um especially when it comes to things like um nutrition and and, and exercise from this PT's perspective and this PT was putting this person on 1300 calories and 30 grams of carbs a day which is just it's just diabolical and listen I'm going to give you a piece of advice if you do have a personal trainer or a coach and you are feeling um you are getting to a point where you are dragging you're miserable you're tired you feel like you are really restricting yourself and you're not enjoying the process anymore one first of all open up a line of communication with your coach because the most important thing with coach and client relationships is communication if you feel like you have tried to communicate that to your coach and they've not responded um, with either amending amending things within your plan um, dialing it down potentially putting you on a diet break um, and um, increasing the increasing increasing the calories increasing the food um, then honestly I think then you should kind of take it into your own hands and um, use a little bit of common sense if you are feeling like something doesn't sit right doesn't feel right then usually your gut is right and those feelings shouldn't really be ignored. Um, now, I'm not saying fat loss is easy. It's definitely not easy. And there will be periods of time where you're um, you're not, if, if you are on a fat loss journey, especially when you're on a fat loss journey for a long period of time, there will be times where you do feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not eating, I'm not eating, definitely not eating as much as I used to, and it's not easy, it's not an easy process, this is not me, not me saying that it's, it's totally easy, and fat loss isn't hard, because it is, it is, especially if you have a lot of fat, if a lot of fat to lose, you have a big fat loss goal, it is a process, it does take work, it does take effort, and it does take, um, a, a certain amount of reduction in calories and things like that but I'm talking about if you're genuinely feeling like you're not sleeping you're feeling like shit you're um you're really moody um you're hungry all the time those are all signs that you can you can monitor yourself and if that is going on for you know more than a couple of weeks then something potentially does need change in there um and yeah, something something might need addressing. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got time for. I feel like I've absolutely rambled. I'm sorry if you did message me with your stories and I've not mentioned them. I did get so many amazing stories and I potentially might do a part two of this depending on um, what you think. Let me know um, on Instagram at ImogenRoseIG what your thoughts were on this podcast and it would be amazing if you could share this podcast on your story as well. You just click the share button and it will automatically share um once you click the Instagram logo. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Bye.